0: welcome everybody you are listening to the long overdue podcast a production of decatur public library in decatur texas and we have the uh, usual people here today we've got uh, chris and denise and pat and of course me Dawn, I guess we should say my name, (laughs) and we are so excited today because we have a very special guest for our podcast today, and it is astronaut Francisco, or Frank, Rubio. So welcome, Frank. We're glad you're here today.
1: Thank you, Dawn. Good morning. It's an honor to be here. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. Great to have you. Yeah. Uh, Yes.
0: Okay. So I'm curious, where are you at this morning? Are you in Houston or are you somewhere else?
1: Don, I think it was you that asked that question. Um, yeah, I'm in Houston, so we we all live uh, generally in the Houston area.
2: Okay. Uh, we're
1: assigned to the, the Johnson Space Center, so uh, I live in a smaller part of Houston called Friendswood. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually sitting out in my backyard. So let me know if it's too windy. Nice. Sounding. I just uh, we have all the kids trying to do school at the same time, and mm-hmm. it's a little loud inside. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds good right now. It's no problem. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's been fun, but it's, it's a little louder, louder than uh, normal. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you you all are in Decatur, is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay, great. How big how big is Decatur?
4: Well, I'm sixty seven, sixty 6,800, about yeah.
1: Okay. Um, okay. Hey, just to tell you real quick a little bit um, about myself, just in case I. Uh, so I'm in the new astronaut class, uh twenty two. Mm-hmm. We we started in twenty seventeen mm-hmm. and uh just finished our our initial training. Um so just to give you a little bit of a better background as far as where I'm I'm at. Um I have All not right. flown in space yet, uh, but hope hopefully we'll start being assigned here shortly. Okay. And um but so you the initial training takes about two years and then after that, uh, once you get assigned for a mission you train for that mission for two more years. Uh, mm. So as wow. soon as any of us get assigned, it will actually be you know closer to a year, year and a half to two years before we actually
2: fly. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Got it.
3: All right. Well, um, you did give us a little information about, uh, you know, you're getting ready for, uh, for your, uh, the missions you're going to go on. And that's one of the questions that uh, we're curious about to start with. Uh, since you haven't, been on any missions in flight yet. Um, what kind of missions are you going to be going on? What is going to be your uh, your job once you get to space?
1: Sure. Uh, so as I was saying, I'm, I'm part of a new astronaut class. We started in 2017 and uh, just finished our initial training. Uh, and it's actually really a kind of an exciting time to be a, a part of NASA. We're, we're in a transition phase. Uh, as you know, uh, unfortunately, after the shuttle program, uh, for the past ten years or so, we've been uh, catching a ride in space, uh, working with our partners in Russia,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and flying on board the uh, Soyuz spacecraft. Uh, but hopefully, actually, here within about three weeks, we're going to start launching from America again. Uh, the first launch will be on a SpaceX, um, um, SpaceX, mm-hmm. and it'll be uh, Bob uh, Bankin and uh, Doug Hurley. Uh, they'll be flying hopefully on the 27th. So for now oh. the uh, current mission continues to be the space station. And that's going to be the focus uh, for the next four years. Um, but by 2024, we've kind of set the mark as our goal for the Artemis mission, uh, which is the new uh, focus. And then that's go- to go back to the moon. We're hoping to uh, focus again on exploration mm-hmm. and uh, start focusing on deep space. So it's going to be a phased approach. We'll, we'll, uh return to the moon which is is actually a pretty difficult thing to do mm-hmm. um, and then we hope to establish a long-term presence on the moon and we hope to use that as practice for one day pushing uh, even further uh, ideally it'll probably be mars as the next step and uh, mm-hmm. further than that after that
3: very cool very cool yeah um so you <laughs> t- anticipate being on some of those you'll you'll go to the space station and maybe even the moon in the future yourself
1: yeah you know uh it's really hard to say. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, you just don't know until you get assigned what mission you're going to have. Sure. Uh, obviously, it's still a huge honor. Uh, you know it's one of those things where you you don't want to say just to the space station because ultimately that's only <laughs> uh, that's something that only five hundred to six hundred human beings have ever done. Uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, for me, that would be incredibly exciting. Right. But I think you know at heart, most of us that are uh, astronauts are explorers uh, and adventurers, and so obviously the opportunity to go further would be pretty exciting uh but it, it's it's one of those things i think once you're strapped to a rocket you're not really going to care where you're going it, it's going to be <laughs> exciting no matter yeah.
4: what <laughs> yeah absolutely that is
1: so cool so
4: tell us what what is your specialty kind of your area and so when you go on a mission what will be your responsibility what are the things you would be doing
1: So that you know that's a great question because uh the reality is we we all bring something to the table, but we have Uh a very diverse background. Right now there's about 50 active uh, astronauts. Um, Quite a few of us have a military background, so I came in uh, as a Army family medicine doctor. Um, But prior to that, I flew Blackhawks for about um, eight years and then did medicine for about 12 years.
2: Wow. So
1: I'm technically here as a, uh, I guess, medical specialist, but the reality is, um, you know, most all the training we do is very is similar, and we all kind of train mm-hmm. to do the same thing.
4: Okay. Um,
1: and so, but I think if I were to get assigned to a mission, and I'm the only doctor on that mission, uh, there's a, probably a good chance that I would act as the medical officer of that mission.
2: And so, mm-hmm.
1: uh, in addition to everything else, right? So, our, our main focus is science uh, still on, on Space Station, mm-hmm. and you can do uh, science related to anything. Um, regardless of your background.
0: So a question just went through my head, Frank. I was very curious what you felt like when you got that letter that said you were accepted into the the training academy.
1: Sure, into the astronaut program?
0: Yes, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, so actually it was a phone call. Uh, Okay. um, It's a very long process. It it actually took about a year and a half uh, Mm -hmm. from the time you apply to the time that you find out uh, and kind of along the way, uh, you know, different um, different steps in the process, it, the, the numbers get smaller and smaller. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for our class, we, we actually had a, a pretty uh, large uh, turnout. I, I think it was over 18,000 people that applied, which
2: wow. the previous
1: record had been 6,000. So it was a little bit unexpected, I think, to, to even NASA. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. And it
1: was a little overwhelming to be honest because right. um uh, you know just when you hear those numbers the odds seem a little overwhelming um and uh, as you get further and further along in the process you, you find out that there's some pretty uh incredibly talented human beings that try to be a part of this program and so uh there's a big part of you that just thinks your chances are pretty small um and but you know you you're, you're you keep hope alive kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, the further along I got, uh, honestly, uh, it wasn't necessarily any more of a sure thing. Uh, but the more excited you get, obviously, about the opportunity, mm-hmm. um, possibility. And so, yeah, getting that call was, was pretty um, unreal. Honestly, I just didn't expect it. Um, and it was a little more emotional than I had anticipated. I'm not <laughs> a, a, a super mm-hmm. emotional person. Uh, but, yeah, I think just the reality of, of the opportunity kind of hit me. Um. Yeah. So it was exciting, probably more than anything, but it was a little overwhelming.
0: That's really cool. So, what are you doing now? Like, until you're waiting for your um, your next assignment, what what do you do on a daily basis?
1: Well, so you know that first two years of uh, initial training, really, what it does is it uh, allows you to focus on training. We we focus on. A few major things. You essentially learn to fly in the spacesuit, uh, which is uh, harder than it sounds. It's a big mechanical <laughs> suit that's just very difficult to, to move around in. And so mm-hmm. you train in that in the Neutral boring Suit Lab. Uh, you turn you learn to fly uh, in the T thirty eight jets that we fly, uh, mm-hmm. either in the front seat if you're if you have a military jet pilot background, or in the back seat uh, if you don't. And so uh, we go through flight training and by the T-38. Uh, we also go through robotics training where we learn all about the mm-hmm. Canada arm and how to mm-hmm. operate that. Um, we have to go through Russian training. Again, we, we are still partners in the space station with um, the Russians, and so a big part of that is just learning to communicate with them. So they learn English and we learn Russian, and uh, honestly, that's probably the most difficult part. It's a, it's a very challenging wow. language. <laughs> that's
0: interesting. Uh, but
1: it's also... Uh, it's fun. And then, um, obviously... Because the space station continues to be the focus, uh, we also spend a lot of time training on the systems of the space station and emergency procedures. Um, you know, for the most part, the space stations run from the ground. Uh, there's uh, hundreds of engineers that just, uh, their, their job is to keep that thing running and, and running well. Uh, but there's quite a few um, things where you just need hands and eyes on station. And so, and those tend to be primarily emergency type of procedures. So, we train a lot on those. Uh, And so, you train on those and and you're kind of protected to just focus on that for the first two years. Uh, And then after that, all of us pick up administrative duties within the office. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it's a a large government organization and there's just a lot of work to do. And Mm -hmm. so, you do different things like, uh, focusing on exploration, or focusing on helping other astronauts um, to launch and, and recover uh, to and from space, um, and we do, we do things like this public relations uh, quite a bit. Um, and it, you continue to do all the other training; you just have to do more. <laughs> so, wow! Um, yeah, you, you essentially continue to train, learn, and prepare to uh, fly into space when they when it's your ch- your chance. So, Frank, are,
4: will you have a responsibility for the upcoming launch, the May twenty seventh? Will you have some kind of responsibility for that from the ground?
1: I uh, will. Yeah, I'm actually part of the group that's helping to uh, launch and recover. So, we focus primarily on anything that has to do with support for Bob and Dud, mm-hmm. uh, as far as their quarantine and preparing um, and maintaining the facilities where they're going to be. Um, where they're going to stay,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: everything up until the point where we hand them off to the crew that puts them on the rocket. We prepare all of that.
2: Oh. And then on,
1: on the return, we prepare everything to receive them and bring them home safely once mm-hmm. they splash down. So, oh, uh, okay. so so it's actually been pretty busy despite uh, COVID. We've, we've tried to stay uh, on top of everything, and uh, you know it's a little bit more difficult to get, to get things done by telecon, so it's a mm-hmm. busy time.
0: Wow. Yeah, we did hear that the the last mission that just left, they had to be in quarantine for a month before they left. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, the last crew that launched from Russia.
0: Yes, I believe that was it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, so the the good thing is that both the Russians and us have a quarantine program. Uh, we, we try really hard not to send any sort of. Um, illnesses i guess for lack of a mm-hmm. better word uh to space station uh, mm-hmm. mostly because of the separation right and once somebody's up there the last thing you want is for them to get sick or for the whole crew to get sick yeah and so prior to launch we uh, both programs have a two-week quarantine program where um where you're essentially secluded from uh, everybody else and they have to wear ppe now, a lot of what we're doing for uh, covid actually it looks like what we've always done for our quarantine program.
2: Mm. Okay.
3: I thought that might be the case. That's interesting to know because I, I know you all got to safeguard all that. I mean, just I'm sure just getting a cold or something could be detrimental or a, a, a hang-up for a mission. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, people do get sick on space station uh, rarely. Uh, fortunately, we're all pretty healthy, mm-hmm. uh, and you're not exposed to many things up there.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: it, it, it does happen, and we do have medical uh, capability up there. Uh, the biggest thing is you try everything possible not to interrupt the mission. Mm -hmm. Uh, Science has to get done. And ultimately, if things were bad enough, somebody would have to return. And that that could really affect uh, the program in a big way. So you just try to uh, stay as healthy as possible while you're up there. Mm
0: -hmm. So do you have a way to return besides the next mission who comes up to replace you?
1: Sorry, I apologize for my dog. That's yes, right. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yes. Uh, so there, uh, it's actually a, um, a program rule. that You always have to have enough vehicles for the number of crew that are on station to be able yeah. to return in an emergency scenario. So um, essentially, you always have a, uh, an out if, if something were to go terribly wrong. Again, we, do, we go to great lengths to make sure that never happens. Okay. Uh, that is the uh, ultimate safety.
4: So on the space station, there are there are vehicles that could bring somebody home back to Earth if they needed that.
1: Correct, Yeah, so uh, essentially there are currently for the last ten years it's been four spacecraft, Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. there's always uh, generally been about two, and that's to make sure that uh, all crew could return if absolutely necessary.
4: Wow, I never thought about that before. (laughs) Yeah, I have neither so if somebody wanted to join the space program if they were interested in that what would you tell them they should be doing now like a, a, somebody who's in high school or starting college what would you suggest that they do that would give them a leg up or that would, that would position them to get into the astronaut program
1: Sure, you know, that's a question we get a lot, and uh, it, it's, it's flattering, and I think it's neat just because it shows that people are still interested in exploration mm-hmm. and adventure, which uh, we love. Um, you know, the answer is going to sound a little bit hokey, but I think it's just the, the truth, and that's why many of us answer in this way, uh, and that's really to just do something that you absolutely love. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will will go through and analyze, okay, what do I, what have people done to get selected? Uh, and you'll find that, uh, you know, there's a flight experience tends to be very common. Uh, outdoor sports tend to be very common, languages, uh, things like that. Uh, but the reality is there there is no specific answer. And as right. a matter of fact, we're not looking for people to just go out and check a bunch of boxes. Uh, what yeah. we really want is people that are passionate about what they do uh, and love what they do. And when you, when you love something, that's what's going to cause you to do great things in that field. Um, and that's what's going to allow you to stand out. So I think sometimes the, the harder you try to just be an astronaut, I think the, the harder you make it for yourself, whereas if you mm-hmm. just pick something and go out and have a passion for it and do great things, uh, it's almost like we'll come looking for you because, uh, you know, you're okay. that unique individual. Now, it does have to, um, currently at least, the standards call for a, a master's degree in a STEM field, right, so science, okay. technology, engineering, and math. Uh, so that is probably the one limitation uh, mm-hmm. that, that ultimately you, you do have to have a background in STEM. Uh, and then uh, on the flip side, we also, again, we do look for operational background. So it doesn't, um, there is no right answer on that. It's not like it has to be skydiving or mountain biking or mm-hmm. caving, but something that shows, hey, I can deal with uh, challenging and, uh, maybe austere environments, and I can do okay in those. And, um, and specifically, if I can do okay in those in a team, as part of a team, that's great. Very cool.
0: Thank you. Sure. So um, I had read some information, uh, read your biography, and it says that you have four children. Is that right? We do, yes. And are they interested in STEM um I guess the focus of STEM uh, at all, they, or
1: yeah, no. So we um, they, they actually have a pretty diverse um, you know, interest uh, range. Uh, our kids are a range in age from uh, sophomore in high school down to a fourth grader, and so they've all kind of gone through different phases of wanting to be various things. Uh, veterinarian t- tends to be very high on the list. <laughs> uh, a few of them have voiced interest in being pilots one of the worst interests in being a doctor. Uh, So yeah, we're we're excited. You know, we we try not to push them into whatever uh, field interests my wife and I, but Mm -hmm. mostly uh, try to encourage them to try as many different things as possible and hopefully find something that they really love.
0: That's really cool.
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, Chris, I'm pretty sure that the Mars question is yours. Is that true? Uh
3: yes, the one about why
4: don't we why don't we go there?
3: Yes, I well you mentioned yes I <laughs> wanted to go there since you did mention that Frank um, about trips to the moon and then uh, to Mars and the the partnership with SpaceX. Um, I know there's a lot of still a lot of hurdles to get over before uh, deep space becomes you know more of a possibility. Uh, things like cosmic radiation and life in zero gravity. And I'm, I'm curious what you can tell us about uh, what y'all are, are doing to try and mitigate some of that uh, for, like, trips to Mars and, and beyond.
1: Sure. Yeah, you know, it, uh, I came into this with really very little space background, so it's been neat for me, kind of as an outsider, to come and learn uh, about the space program. And I've really come to appreciate how hard space travel is, mm. uh, specifically you know, once you add humans to the equation, uh, we make it exponentially harder. We're just uh, we're essentially made to, to be alive on our uh, Earth environment. And so to, to stay alive in outer space, we have to recreate this environment. And that's just a very difficult thing to do. Uh, we've gotten pretty good at doing that in low-Earth orbit, uh, you know, but I, I think sometimes the scale of it uh, is lost. So space station is about 250 miles uh, from the surface of the Earth. And while that's pretty far, uh, that's really not, uh, very far at all compared to the 250,000 miles that the moon is. And then you take Mars and it's ex- exponentially, um, further and more difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really, you know, the hardest part of space travel is actually leaving our, uh, atmosphere. It just, uh, overcoming Earth's gravity is just mm-hmm. a very difficult thing from a propulsion point of view. And so you have this trade off where, um, we, we need a lot of things to keep us alive in space, uh, but it's very difficult to get that mass out of our um, atmosphere and out of our gravitational pull. And mm-hmm. so um, that, that's kind of the, the trade-off that you have to do. You know, ideally, to, to shield ourselves uh, from cosmic radiation, we would have lead shielding uh, in outer space, right? But that just is um, – it's just not a tenable solution for launching it from,
2: mm-hmm. from the
1: Earth. And so you have to come up with creative ideas. Uh, some of the things that they're looking at is uh, using the waste products, right? We have to have food. We have to have water. And so those the containers that those things are uh, made of, and even the, the waste products that we produce while we're traveling, uh, could you use those to essentially improve your shielding as you travel further and further? Wow. Um, and so you, you just have to look at solutions like that. Uh, you know, it used to be, the biggest problems with uh, space for the human body were muscle atrophy uh, and bone density loss. Uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: But what we've really uh, figured out, we've kind of figured that out in the last 10 years, uh, and by doing consistent, uh, resistant uh, exercise, so we do a lot of weight essentially, on space station, we've generally been able to overcome that challenge. And It's, it's essentially, within a couple of weeks now, astronauts come back, and they're back to their normal functions.
4: Uh, oh. And so
1: I think Again like anything The more experience you get at something The better you're going to get at figuring out What it takes to survive in that environment mm-hmm. And that's where I think it's a key Component to use the moon As a practice field For eventually traveling Further onto Mars mm-hmm. We just need to figure out how to live in deep space Before we go further mm-hmm.
0: Very cool So I find that very interesting um, You would think that Everybody's trying to make the uh, the rocket and everything super light, but then you're taking weights up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, um, you know, and I, I said uh, it, it's resistance training. Uh, I hopefully, I didn't say weights. Uh, okay. Got it. Doesn't really matter in, in uh, zero gravity, but it's actually a hydraulic based uh, system. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're you're pushing against uh, the resistance of that. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, that's okay. People
1: are gonna be man. He said, wait for space." That doesn't add up,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right?
4: Um. So, being a librarian, I have to ask you about um, if you're a science fiction reader, and if so, if if any of those maybe sparked your interest in being an
1: astronaut. Uh, you know, I was a, uh, a avid um, science fiction reader when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, you know, once life happens, and right. immediately right. uh, between studying all the time and my family and other interests, I just, uh, you you kind of run out of time to, to read mm-hmm. for fun. And so it's, it's been mostly reading for work
4: uh, right. for the last
1: few decades. Um, but, you know, I... Um, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that there was a specific book uh, that that sparked my interest in space. I think I was just really always um, more interested in exploring. I I love the, um, you know, Wild West type of stories. Oh, yeah. And and I love to just be outdoors, essentially. And so it was more the idea of, you know, space is the ultimate uh, exploration Mm -hmm. uh, environment. So I think that's probably what drew me the most.
4: Cool. Thank you.
3: Yeah, so um, we have looked at some of the SpaceX stuff. Um, what, what are your your thoughts on that? How is that going to change space travel up coming up? I mean, you've already said that y'all have got the first mission coming up uh, with the SpaceX rocket. I've seen some of those spacesuits on online. Uh, it's interesting stuff.
1: It yeah, is. Yeah, you know, it's been great working with SpaceX. They they are really a tremendous company. Uh, have a lot of um, young engineers that are just uh, incredibly talented and smart and hungry to make things happen and so um, they they're they're just fearless in the way that they approach a challenge uh, they, they don't um, there's nothing that they don't think they can overcome you know and it may, it may take a few steps and it may take a few failures uh, but eventually uh, they're going to figure it out and I think that's just a great attitude to have uh, now obviously you have to temper that uh, with a significant amount of focus on safety when it comes to human, uh, space travel. Uh, but I, I think it's an important thing to, to bring in commercial companies like SpaceX. Uh, and now as we're preparing for the Artemis mission, you know, we, we just selected Blue Origin as one of the companies that's going to, uh, help us go back to the moon.
2: Magnetics mm-hmm. is
1: another company and, and SpaceX. Um, and you know, I, I think, it's not a great analogy, uh, but it's probably one of the better ones. Uh, this is probably similar to uh, aviation uh, back in, in the World War One, World War Two era, uh, where it was initially primarily a government and military-run um, field. And then now, you know, 60, 70 years later, most of us don't really think of aviation as a military thing. We think of it as a commercial thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think this uh, transition to commercial companies, it's just a very important uh, step to making space available to a much yes. greater population, which I, I think ultimately is the goal for all of us, right? We really, mm-hmm. really want to, uh, for a, a common person like, like us, but they may not have access to the space program, to be able to explore space someday. I'm ready. Yeah, I think them. Yeah. Yeah. a lot of right? us. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Are you laughing at me, Denise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hmm. So, well, but I was thinking when you was talking about what you needed to be an astronaut, I'm like does library like science degrees count? <laughs> like, know, so yeah, yeah, one step already.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it is—it's um, challenging because I, I have many friends that are artists or have. Um, Backgrounds in the fine arts that would make incredible astronauts. And just, uh, unfortunately, right now one of the limitations is the background in STEM. Uh, right. but I think know. it is important to transition to where we can open it up to a much greater percentage yeah. of the population.
4: When, when we're ready to colonize somewhere, we're ready. We're <laughs> ready.
1: <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: library. Well, Frank, okay. um, we know I, that I think there's there's one other question we definitely wanted to ask you. And that is about the recently declassified UFO videos. <laughs> <laughs> I was to get that,
1: uh, UFO or alien questions, right. uh, Yeah, you know, I, just like everybody else, I find those uh, fascinating. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, my, my perspective is probably a little different. I, I kind of look at it as, man, those are some really neat flight characteristics and flight capabilities.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, you know, I my mind kind of just leaves it at that. Uh, at the end of the day, it is, it is currently a, a unidentified,
2: flying mm-hmm. object,
1: right. In the sense of like we from, based on those videos, uh, we, the common, uh, person may not know what, what it is flying, but it is a flying object, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it, you know, the, the natural question is, is that an intelligent alien life form that, that part, I, I don't know, honestly, uh, yeah. even as an astronaut, I don't, uh, I don't venture to guess at that, but it is an incredibly, uh, fine, fine, uh, capability. Uh, and so whatever it is, I think it's, uh, hopefully we have access to studying it and, and, uh, developing similar technology. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. it's, it's hard for me to, uh, fathom, um, you know, Again, one of the things coming into this program that's really opened my eyes is is just the vastness of the universe, right? I I think we have Mm -hmm. a hard time as humans appreciating the scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you think of how vast the universe is, uh, I think naturally um, it lends itself to the the possibility of um, life form being out out there somewhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. But whether they are visiting Earth and whatnot, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to venture to guess.
0: All right, Frank. Well, um, I know that you are very busy, and we want to respect your time. So, uh, is there anything else that we have not asked that you really want to share with us?
1: Uh, No, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you. I uh, librarians and teachers hold a very special place in my heart because with four kids, we uh, we love the library. We spend quite a bit of time. Nice. And so, uh, thank you guys for what you do.
4: Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. We appreciate your, your willingness to talk to us today Yeah, yes. thank you. It's been an honor to have have a lot.
0: We're so mm-hmm. excited. You all right. Thank, thank you, Frank. Frank, so much. Thank mm-hmm. you.
4: Till there. That was the coolest thing ever.
3: That was so cool. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was cool.
4: Yeah.
0: I was so nervous this morning. I mean, to talk to an <laughs> astronaut, it's like this celebrity. I mean, it's such an exclusive program.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, for him to right, say yeah. there were 18,000 applicants and, um, you know, only yeah. a handful get selected. So that's just amazing.
3: Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can only imagine the the process for picking who gets to to do that. And I think that it, probably a lot of it, I mean, because anybody that applies has obviously got some some ability and some, you know, some talent and the know-how and the, the smarts. I bet that there's a lot of... Um, principle as well as you know like what he said about you know are they just in it because they want to check off all the boxes or are they really passionate about you know what they do and they're going to have that drive to to do Mm -hmm. it
0: i think there's probably a lot Uh, of um mental screening also
2: Mm.
4: oh i'm sure yeah a huge part of it Um, i was going to ask that but then we were kind of running short on time so i didn't want to Go there necessarily. So, like, so I just want <laughs> to.
3: I was gonna. Yeah, we had to get that in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, I was gonna wait until after after it was the interview is over. But Denise, he said lead shielding. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I did not expect that. I was like, oh no, lead shielding. That's that's ridiculous. Why would they? You know, that's that's like science fiction. <laughs> but but then you know he explained that the hurdle is getting all that lead into space because it's so heavy. So. They could use blood yeah. shielding. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hmm.
3: That was very interesting.
4: So I was really excited when, he said, when his answer to what should you do if you want to join the space program is do something you're passionate about. I, I just thought that was the best answer ever. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> yeah, which you should do for that's, anything. That's
4: what I would hope people do. Yeah. yeah. And I know not everybody has that opportunity, but... Hey.
3: And, uh, and, and our question about the, um, what they're doing with COVID. And, uh, it sounds like, I mean, I figured they probably had a pretty stringent, you know, quarant- quarantine program even before an outbreak because, uh, they're getting sick in yeah. space and all that. So that, but that was cool to to hear, you know, they're like, well, we're just doing more of what we, we normally do. So, I just remember that mm-hmm. scene in Apollo 13 where all the astronauts were lined up and nobody could actually go up next to them because they're like, well, you know, we we can't have them get sick before they go into space. So, right. we, you know, you can't go hug, hug your dad right. or, or whatever. <laughs> so.
0: Well, and, you know, so that brings up a good point, you know, that they're quarantined a month before. So that basically extends the time that they're away from their families um, by that amount. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But that's really cool that they have...
4: Go ahead. But I think, uh, think that you know, also comes with the training. Because if you get shot up into space, you're going to be up there for a long time. And probably, many you know, of that time, it'll just be you alone, you know. but so you'll have people there, not necessarily, like, socializing. So I think that's just part right. of, like... I think if anybody's really well-trained for quarantine, it's the astronauts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I oh, imagine, true. yeah,
3: I imagine that is the case. Is anyone excited for the moon in 2024?
0: I thought that was very interesting, the distance difference between the space station and the moon.
3: Was it? it was like 250-some-odd miles versus 250,000
0: yes. miles.
4: I don't yeah. know. I don't
0: I know why no that's idea yeah
4: Yeah. That There's that much difference. I think of space as space. Right. I mean, I know there's a difference in, to go to Mars, but the space station and the moon have always been in my mind, sort of, sort of next to each other.
2: They're just flo- <laughs> yeah,
4: floating <out> <laughs> You know, they're out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: well, and you think thing. The, the fascinating thing is how the size of the moon in the sky and it's 250,000 miles mm-hmm. away. Yeah. So it's got to be pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> Rel-
3: relatively speaking.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, when you start thinking about space and the size of things. Um, oh,
4: my goodness. It's very but, big. But they sound- so I just looked up how far it is to Mars. It's 109.62 million oh. miles. Wow.
3: And that's on a good. The point. minimum
4: distance is fifty four point six million kilometers. So that I don't know what that is.
3: Is that the? I, <laughs> I guess
4: that's one hundred nine point six two million miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's not right.
3: Since it's uh, since they since orbit the kilometer
4: in. Kilometer is less than a mile. Yeah. In an ellipse.
3: Yes. Normally, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, yes.
0: It is normally,
3: (laughs) normal, yeah. Normally, it is. Sometimes it's not. In
4: normal circumstances, no. But during a pandemic, it's probably different.
3: (laughs) It probably feels a lot farther. Um, But yeah, since it travels in an ellipse, they talk about like the peak times to to make you know a mission to Mars, or you know, uh, like when to launch this uh, the non manned spacecraft, uh, and they have that window where it's closest so i imagine oh, right. yeah when we do yeah. our our manned space missions in the future uh, that's probably going to be that window they they shoot for us when it's close and not when it's mm-hmm. way out there
4: right and it's about 34 million miles that closest distance
3: okay that's a lot closer than 109 oh, <laughs>
4: yeah. when i look to that it, it tells me the, the current distance okay so wow. we're at a we're at a long way up away time right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So anyway. But yeah, still Yeah. It's still a long ways. Thirty four million miles and two hundred fifty thousand miles, yes, that's a huge difference.
3: Mm-hmm. It's exciting. They say, <sighs> it sounds like it's some you know can can do. Like you put your mind to it and we'll we'll go to Mars someday yeah i think it's amazing i was
4: was serious i'm ready yeah Mm -hmm. i know i'll never be in the space program you know the astronaut program i I will never do that i missed that opportunity probably by never being athletic that was the first thing but (laughs) but you know otherwise i am ready to go yeah yeah for sure opportunity for just regular civilians to go i'm ready really
0: see i am just fine with my feet on the ground
4: i'll go
0: oh my gosh i would love to do that well i'll stand there and take pictures of you
3: like when we talked about it during (laughs) our, our, uh, our space um
4: Oh wait! We've what? already okay. talked about this for a whole episode, y'all.
3: We, we did. I'm <laughs> d- yeah, yeah no, no, that's
4: true. But this reinforces to, the we, fact. You get but the, we didn't talk about. I mean, we we hadn't talked about anybody who said, "Yeah, we're going to try to do this in the future." Oh yeah, yeah. So Definitely. changes the whole collection nobody. of things. <laughs> you know, when we talked about it before, it was it was like, "Oh, that'll never happen," but I'd love to. Now it's like, if I can just live long enough. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) we also (laughs) need a a ton of money because I think since before those opportunities are going to be for the super rich first (laughs) right yeah that's true but, uh, That's true. Maybe I can maybe I can get somebody to sponsor me to go.
3: No, I could just get a oh, job. Yeah. Like I said, just oh, yeah. get. I would just be yes, a yes. a part time dishwasher on the space hotel. I
4: would wear yeah. logos on everything I wear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like a race car driver. Put it on my luggage. Yeah.
0: Put it all over everything I wear. Mm-hmm. I would do that. So Chris has a better idea. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. work, he's gonna apply for a job on the SpaceX.
3: Space Hotel. Space Hotel. Whenever yeah. they do that. I don't know if that ever
0: happens. <laughs> but you know
3: so, Once it gets to that point where they need, you know, not maybe maybe like people that do just mundane tasks like washing dishes or, or you know, janitorial stuff. Right. You know, I'm like, just they, get a job on there, you know, and I'll I'll work for free if I can be there.
0: They have to have a library. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's right. I
0: mean,
4: yeah, they don't need people to clean up after them, <laughs> like that. <but> they are <laughs> wow. I don't know if I want to go that far,
0: but they could have. <laughs> they need a library up there, so you guys could work at the library.
4: Yeah. But it's
3: interesting. This, <laughs> the things that they're saying are possible now, as far as like how long it'll take to get to Mars and stuff. I remember when I was younger, when I was like a, you know a teenager or whatever, they talked about how a trip to Mars under you know, with the technology they had during that time, I think they estimated it would be, like, a five-year trip. And now it's, it's mm-hmm. looking much, much, like, much less than that. The last estimate I looked up is with current technology, it's, like, six to eight months, which wow. is still a long time, but yeah. that's a lot less than five years. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah.
4: And who but knows yeah, what yeah, they'll develop yeah, between
3: wait. now and, and then. That'll make that even even faster.
0: Yeah. Wow. That was so cool. It's pretty amazing the things that they can do and how they've
4: advanced. Although right now, you know, we're still at the, you go through a two-year training process to even be considered to actually go on a mission. Right. (laughs) Mm Yeah. So. Yeah, and you have to be best, of the best, the best to, to get to do that two year training to be considered to maybe go on a mission. You know, right?
0: But I think it was so really so
4: at that point. Mm-hmm. I
0: think it's really interesting, though, to see that there were eighteen thousand applicants this last time. Because no
4: I th- kidding, I
0: think that that means that the the STEM stuff that we're getting kids into mm-hmm. is pay- it's paying off.
4: You know, that's probably true.
0: You know, just keep yeah, getting probably true. getting more interest in those fields. A
3: resurgence in interest in science and technology and
4: Yeah. 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 Math. Wow.
3: Our favorite subject.
4: <laughs> so that's kinda of funny because I was going to school I started school in the sixties when we were trying to beat the Russians, you know. And mm. so science was a real focus. And then we sort of drifted away from that, drifted away, and then came back to it. Now here we are with 18,000 people applying to be in the astronaut class of how many, 22 or something like that? 30? I don't remember how many.
0: Yeah, it was in one of these documents, and I, I don't remember. It's a pretty small, it's a pretty small mm-hmm. number. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so well and and thinking about that too the fact that we were able to speak with um frank rubio today they said that they get thousands Mm -hmm. of requests every year for um astronaut yes for astronaut visits and virtual appearances and so for us to be able to Uh do this with him was amazing
4: wow That is really cool. Yes. Yeah. I've said that about a million times this morning because this is <laughs> such a cool thing. So, yeah.
3: So listeners, share. Yeah. Sh- share, share it with this. your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with uh, your your neighbor that you meet walking down the street from six feet away, of course. But-
0: right. And share-, <laughs> share this one with your kids.
3: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, that was super exciting. So cool. I feel like we yeah. have a we have an astronaut friend now. <laughs>
4: yeah, sure. i friend free. The astronaut, and I I could just see us all when he when he gets his first mission and he's going. We are going to be glued to our computer screens watching it all happen. Yes,
0: yes exactly.
4: Yes, for sure.
0: I think it'd be because cool. We know him right <laughs> i think we should get people to um, write him letters and stuff or something
4: right oh my gosh that is so cool that's a great idea
0: yeah so yeah send us a letter if your kids want to write a letter to frank send it to us at, here at the library and we'll make sure that he gets those
4: you know them. <laughs> what's that I said
2: because we're tight with him
0: now. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna hand deliver them. Can't get, can't get <laughs> we can't get within six feet of each other, so
4: it's wow. been the best ever. <laughs> yeah.
3: Absolutely. We are very grateful that Frank Rubio was able to join us. Yeah. Uh, for this episode. Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, absolutely.
3: Another okay. special quarantine okay. episode. Yep, you're welcome. The long overdue Bye. podcast. Bye. Bye.